Hey, hey, this is episode 21, The Passive Tantrum. This podcast is for parents that want solutions, not just sympathy for the many personal struggles that come with raising children with special needs. Welcome to Parents Have Special Needs Too, and I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Happy Friday. Right now, all day today, with the help of my lovely mother. Thank you, Mom. I've been in the midst of packing and packing and packing um, to get ready to move. So it's been crazy. But amidst all of this, I have had an experience with my daughter that um, reminded me of something I learned a while back, and it's called the passive tantrum. And this passive tantrum is basically what it is, is when a child feigns inability to do something that they're capable of doing. And I was doing this, I was sitting down this weekend with my daughter, Elizabeth, and we were putting on, getting dressed, we were putting on socks and shoes. And I know that she has the ability to take off like her pants and, um, her socks, because I've seen her do it before. So I thought, oh, you know, let's see if we can put on, put on her socks. And I've seen her put on pants before. And so I thought, hey, you know what, we're, let's take this step and see what we can do. Um, and because of some of her developmental delays, it's difficult for her to grab onto the sock and stretch it open and put it on her foot. So I knew that this was going to be a challenge for her. But because of other things I've seen her do, I don't know that I'm quite convinced that she was incapable. Now, as the parent, you will know by watching your child and being with them during the day what they are and aren't capable of, right? Sometimes you can definitely tell when you're like, you know what? I think you're faking it. And like I said before, that's only a call that you can make as the parent. And so I'm not going to get into that today. So just... If you have a situation where you're like, hey, I'm pretty sure that my child is feigning inability. Okay, that's a passive tantrum. And they're like, I just don't want to do it. Or it's too hard. Or in Elizabeth's case, it's just like she starts throwing the sock around or she drops it or she puts it on her hand and gets distracted. and like, Or she'll just like flop on the ground. I don't know if you have kids that do this where they're just like, and they flop. And like, I can't do it. Or they throw their little bodies on you and they're like, I just can't. And even without saying anything. So it's just super funny. Silly, silly girl. Okay. So just to get this out there, I don't necessarily have any advice to give you regarding this. Just some of my thoughts on it and certain things I've noticed in hopes that as you are um, working with your own child and their developmental plans, that this might be a thought to log away in the back of your mind so that you know, you know, where, where could I push a little harder or not? And again, only you can make that call. And uh, anyway, it's just going to be some good food for thought. Okay. So this idea of the passive tantrum, I learned from Joe Newman, who wrote Raising Lions, which I've addressed before. I love his work. So as I'm sitting there with my daughter and I am trying to model for her, right? I have a sock and she has a sock. Because what I notice is when I do hand over hand where I take her hands and I put them on the sock and I help her grip them, she just kind of goes into a noodle. 
or she's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to grab it. Or she'll just watch me do it, but she won't exert any of her own strength. It's like she's just waiting for me to do the hand over hand action of putting on her sock and then we're good to go. But this time I was modeling it. So she had her sock and I had mine. So I'd pick up my sock, I'd put my thumbs in and I know she knows which finger is her thumb. And I've seen her grip things with strength. I've seen her pull things really difficult, um, really hard. And so I knew that she had the physical strength to do this. And I have seen her do specific fine motor skills. So I know that she also has the ability and the coordination to do this. So we're attempting it and I model it. I um, take my sock, put my thumbs and fingers, grasp it, open it up big enough to slip my own foot in. And then, you know, it's your turn. So she goes and she grabs it and then she can get it on like four of the toes and she'll try to do it with one hand instead of two. So we're working at it and talking about it and I'm, I'm modeling for her and dad's there and he's encouraging her and, um, and during this whole process, I noticed several different ways in which she was throwing what I would call a passive tantrum, which was um, being distracted, where it's like, oh, I, oh, you know what, I'm going to put this on my hand instead. Or, hey, let's play the finger game where you, you know, I say I have a finger and then you have a finger. And so she started playing games and getting distracted or she would, you know, look out the window or point at something else or she'd actually just drop it and get up and try to walk away. And so and the other times she would just get, you know, frustrated and drop the sock and not want to do it. And so there's several different ways in which she would attempt once. And then if it didn't work the first time, then she would not try again. Now, I know that she also has resilience because I have seen her in other situations. For example, she loves to clean the kitchen table after we're done eating and she'll take the milk and she'll take it over to the fridge and she'll open the fridge and go pick up the milk and try to put it in. But before she can get the milk in, the fridge door will close. And it's actually really funny to watch. But she will try over and over and over again until she's able to accomplish getting the milk in the fridge and the fridge door closed. So I know she also has a, res a capacity to be resilient and try and try again. She does seem to exhibit more resilience when it's initiated by her instead of mom, right? Which you may have experienced as well. But I also know that if I only let her master the skills that she wants to initiate, that she is not going to develop a lot of life skills that will definitely benefit her in the long run. So here we are trying to help her put on the sock. She doesn't want to do it. She quits after the first try. And I don't know what the solution is yet because we haven't yet actually accomplished her getting the sock on successfully on her own. But what I was thinking of during this whole process was this is a passive tantrum. What can I do to help her through it? And I, I thought about the past and how there's a fine line and I don't know where that line is, but there's a fine line between what is my child actually capable of and what is my child not? And then am I putting a cap on my child's development because I think that 
she's not capable. And I have noticed that I have done this with my son that doesn't have any disabilities or developmental delays. And I do this with him where it's like, well, he's seven. So I don't know if he's capable of this or this or this. And then come to find out later or in a different situation where um, I wasn't there, but someone else was there. He does something that I didn't think he was capable of. And it surprises me. And then I have the thought like, oh, you know, maybe he's more capable than I think. And obviously there's other situations where they're not as capable as you think. Like it's a constant guessing game, right? What can they and can they not do successfully on their own? But what I did notice was that with my daughter, Elizabeth, who does have disabilities, who is delayed, I often err on the side of her not being capable to do it. And then there's certain situations when she is self-motivated that she will go and do something that I thought she wasn't capable of. And she'll continue to surprise me that way, which is great. But then there's certain areas where I haven't been asking her to get dressed on her own, or I haven't been asking her to put her own socks on, or I haven't been requiring of her to communicate at her full capacity, even if it's a frustrating situation for her to learn how to do it, which is hard. And that's something that we all experience. That's not unique, right, to people or kids that have disabilities. But we tend, we, meaning I am generalizing what I'm doing to many people, and this could be wrong, um, but that we might tend to not challenge them when they need to be challenged, to not give them room to mess up over and over and over and over again, and to not struggle over and over and over again when they might need to for their own growth and development. And it makes sense that, that we would do something like this because most of the time they've already been through so much struggle and so much suffering, but it is the struggle that is the pathway to more resilience and more success and more triumphs and developing more skills. We need to allow them to struggle just like I need to be okay with struggling, struggling and allowing my other children to struggle. I used to think that, and in some ways I still do, that if I can avoid the struggle and find a quicker, faster, more efficient way, which is a common way of thinking, to get to that solution or to get to that goal, that's going to be the better way. And I don't know that that's the case. I think we need to embrace the struggle, embrace the frustration, embrace it, understanding that it is the pathway to learning and developing. And even though I feel a really strong pull to not let her struggle because she's already experienced so much of that in her life up to this point, but I think that I am probably doing her a disadvantage and a disservice by not letting her experience that. And I think that's hard to watch and that we might place added shame or double guessing because of the disability and the special need. But as I think about it, erring on that side has not helped foster 
a place where she can grow. It hasn't fostered a place for her to struggle and grow. I have up to this point played into, and not always and in everything, but in certain situations, played into the passive tantrum. Just taking it at face value and saying, well, I've tried a couple of times to show her how to do it because she's not picking up on it as quickly as other kids or she doesn't seem to have the strength or coordination. I'm just going to assume that she can't do it and I'm going to continue to put on her own socks and shoes. Now, that might be true for a little while or a little season, but is it always going to be that way? And I think that's the place where we need to ask more questions. Like, will they always be this way? I don't know. And to even extend that questioning to when doctors say your child will never XYZ. I have heard of and read too many accounts of people hearing from their doctors that they would never do something again. And then they do. So that leads me to believe that if it's possible for one or two or three or hundreds of people, why not more? Why not her? Why not you or your child? So because of their disabilities, are they really as incapable as we think? And if they don't seem to be capable, is it because they really aren't? Or is it because we, as their caretakers, are somehow communicating that they can't or capping their ability to progress? I don't know. But I think it's important to consider. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next Friday with another podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Take care.